All right. Welcome to the Success Coaching Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kelly Scar, and with me as always, Mr. Todd Foster and Mr. Ben Fairfield. And today, my friends, we have a very special guest, my friend, my Canadian partner in crime, Mr. Matt Leonetti. Welcome to the show, my man. Thank you all for uh, having me. Yeah. Hey, listen, you know, we, we, you and I spoke earlier on this year, I think it was back in January, uh, you know, on a different podcast. Um, <clears throat> this is before, you know, your, your fame really just started to kind of jump off the page there. And, and I think we had a really great conversation about, you know, your trajectory and where you're going, where you're taking your marketing and all that kind of stuff. But before we get into all that, why don't you just give our, our viewers and our listeners a little bit of context as to who you are, what you're about. And, and uh, you know, from there, we can kind of jump into the conversation. Yeah, for sure. My name is Mally Nettie. I work with the agency out here in Toronto, Canada, um, and I create comedic skits to get my business. Most of my business comes from social media now. Um, before starting these skits, I was a really kind of average journeyman type of agent. Uh, no one knew who I was. I didn't really do much business at all. As soon as I niched down on, on uh, my marketing, my, my whole business got broader. So what was what was the genesis of that? I know that you took uh, a course through uh, Ryan Serhant. I think you were part of one of his first graduating classes. Would you, would you say that was probably the the kicker for you? Um, it definitely helped. I was already doing videos before that, um, but yeah, I mean, people like Ryan, Ryan's the reason I got into the business, and so to to have someone like that kind of guide you, I was one of the first people to do his course and kind of graduate from it or or whatever that is. And there's a ton of value there. I'm always trying to learn and, and get better as an agent. So uh, it was pretty cool to, to see that. And like I said, he's the reason I got into the industry. And now, you know, from all these videos and everything I've done, like I'm actually speaking with him next, next month at a conference. So it's cool how it's come full circle. That's awesome, Matt. So, so you're, you're an agent at that point in time, right? You're kind of bumping along, doing the average agent thing, having average results based on what I'm hearing you say. And then all of a sudden, you you take an approach that I think is brilliant. And we've talked about it in other ways before, but it's it's counterintuitive, right? That you're going to narrow your focus. You're already not getting the results you probably wanted. And instead of like where most people are going to look at that and go, I need to get to a bigger audience and be more things to more people. You took the approach of, hold on, Time out. I'm going to I'm going to narrow my focus. I'm going to focus less on all the noise and, and identify who I'm really targeting and how I'm going to target them. Like, how did you get to that point? Because I think it's really incredibly smart and it's counterintuitive and it's a decision most entrepreneurs don't make. Yeah, I was just exhausted of seeing the same thing over and over and over again. And I feel like the real estate business has been stuck in the mud for years and years and years. And it was just the same thing. Sold, sold. I love my clients. They're the best. I don't like, I don't love all my clients, to be honest. Like, you know, can I just like, can we talk about that? Is there anything like, I just felt it was so fake for, you know, 90, 95% of it was just so fake. So I wanted to do something. I remember just like, why I had like a crossroads with this video stuff. And I was either going to do like an inspirational thing. And I, was, I had all these videos filmed of me being like a inspiration. I thought it was Tony Robbins or something. Then I had like some comedy stuff. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I filmed some inspirational stuff. And I was like, that's just, it's not me. It's not me at all. And then I did the, some of the comedy stuff and I was like, okay, this, this hits. And, um, I remember walking my dog with my wife, like right before this kind of all started. And I was like, I wish I could just like say F in my, in, you know, in a video, cause that's how I talk. Like, I wish people could actually know who I was. And then she's like, well, and she's 
you know, she swears way more than I ever could in my life. So she was like, do it then. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and now we're here. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really been like, it's been like, since I've, I've niched down, like if you're just, if you just are broad, you're just going to be, end up like everyone else. So I knew I had to do something to the point where it would be like, okay, not everyone's going to like this, but the people who do like it are going to like it 10 times more because not everybody likes it. So that was my mindset. Did you have a background in video or comedy or anything even close to what you're doing now? No, no. I, I, uh, I was a touring musician. So I did that for years right out of high school. Um, so I was comfortable in front of audiences and stuff. But I mean, people always say, oh, you're, you're, you know, it's easy for you. You're a natural on video and stuff. And that's not the case either. You should see my first real estate videos. It looks like I'm held hostage. Like it looks like someone has a gun <laughs> to my head telling me to talk about open houses. So that wasn't the case at all. Um, it was just, it's, you know, it's something that I had to work towards and I got better at, better at, you get more comfortable on camera and, and now I'm here. A lot of people think, yeah, I do have like an acting background or a comedy background. It's just something I enjoyed doing. I was passionate about and you get better at things that you enjoy doing and you're passionate about. Well, and Matt, I think that what you're touching on here, what I'm taking from this and this nugget that I hope our listeners are taking is you made a commitment to be authentic, right? So you, you, you were at a crossroads. You could be this person you thought that you needed to be or that the industry or world wanted you to be. And you're like, hey, crap, you know, screw that, dude. I'm not going down that path. That's just not me. That's what I heard you say. Right. And so kudos to you, because when we're when we're authentic and we, we put ourselves in a place to be authentic in our authentic self, you just said it all of a sudden it feels easier. Right. Because you're not having to work to be something you're not or someone you're not. You get to show up and be Matt. And, yeah. and like you said, too, not everyone in the world wants what Matt has. Well, guess what? That's true for all of us. Right. So who cares what the world wants? You just got to find enough people that resonate with what Matt has. And um, the last thing I'll say here is this. And I think it's brilliant. So. You, you talked about this. If I try to, to be this generalist, right? If I try to be everything to everyone, then I'm going to just be average. I'm just going to be like everyone else. And I just recorded a, a video for Success Magazine, and we were talking about this: that that when you you make yourself a generalist, you get priced like a commodity, right? And commodities are 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 sugar and, and gold, and just just there's tons of them. Not, one piece of them is not super valuable or more, more valuable than the rest. They're bought in a lot, right? And so you're looking at this going, I don't want to be a commodity. I don't want to be priced as a commodity. I want to be different. I want to be me. I want to resonate with a smaller group because then I'm guessing you don't have to convince people to work with you. Is that fair to say, Matt? Yeah, that's 100%. Like I always say, people call me now because they want to work with me. I don't compete for listing appointments really ever anymore. They call me because they know exactly what they're going to get. And most of it comes from Instagram. People just saying like, hey, you know, you're just a breath of fresh air. We feel like you're genuine. You're not going to try and be all salesy on us. Can you just like come by and chat with us? And, you know, I use Instagram. I see it as my database now. Like it's, you know, it's like I just I'm on there all the time chatting with people. For the people I'm kind of connecting with, it's it's less formal. And I think they like that you know, an email can get pretty formal or like, you know, an e-blast. E and I know a lot of people who have tons of success with, with that type of um, marketing and stuff. But to me, like if I can just talk to people and start conversations on Instagram, that's how I, uh, that's like the best way to get business for me. 
I think you're onto something with the uh, with the motivational videos, though, man. I, I think you it, like what if you were to take them and put them into a comedic context, right? Like you could be the Jack Handy of real estate. Seriously. Yeah, I have some skits coming because, you know, what I like to do and, and my kind of whole thing I'm trying to be is say the things that people are thinking and want to say, but they would never say to their clients or other agents. And I just want to kind of like say it and be those that outlet but still have, you know, make, have it good. So the audience can be agents and clients and everyone can enjoy. Like I have a lot of people who don't are not in real estate at all who follow me as well, just cause they, you know, they like watching comedy skits and stuff like that. Matt, I'm assuming you're, uh, you're not one that gets your feelings hurt easily. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah, I don't get, I mean, you can't listen to no one successful I don't know anyone successful who will take time out of their day to tell someone that their video sucks on Instagram. They don't do that. Yeah, that's the biggest fear of a lot of content or would-be content creators is I'm going to put this out there. But what if what if people don't like it, Matt? What if people say I suck, Matt? Like you're just taking the approach like it's wise. Like I don't care what they think. Like I know that certain people are going to like it and that's who I'm doing it for. And, And I say that to say this and I don't mean this is a slam at all. I think this is speaks to the value of your content and your strategy. So I follow you on Instagram and I know people aren't gonna be able to really see this, but you should follow, definitely follow Matt on Instagram, Matt.Leonetti. Um, search for him, follow him. It's awesome, awesome channel. But here's something I wanna to, to point out here. Um, your your channel on Instagram, your your Instagram like landing page here, it's not sexy. Like you, you don't, you're, you've not invested a bunch of time in flowery buttons that are color coordinated in the, the highlight reel things that are all matched in brand, like your value and what you're doing is obvious. It's in the content and people are following you. So I just wanted to, to point that out actually as a compliment, not as a, as a slam that, that a lot of people, I think also they look at what you're doing, like, okay, I'll do my own version of that. But first I have to make sure everything's perfect. I have to make sure the channel looks good and my artwork is perfect and all. It's like, no, you don't. The content is going to do the heavy lifting. Would you agree with that? 1000%. I mean, that's just not me. I'm not that like prim and proper person. And if that's your personality, then sure, go for it. But you can't, it, you can't, it, it can't always be, oh, I need to do this first. I need to do this first. I need to do it. You have to, at one point, just pull the trigger and do something because something's better than nothing. And then it's trial and error. You figure it out. Like my whole page is trial and error. And you can, you know, you'll see some videos will hit, some won't hit as much. And then that's great. That's data that you can use now. Okay, why did this one work and this one didn't? And then you can, you know, make your tailor your page to your audience. So, um, yeah. And I hear also a lot of people talking about, you know, I was going to film a video today, but my hair was off. I I didn't like how my hair looked. And (laughs) there's no one, no one's coming to me because I look like Chris Hemsworth, you know, they're coming because they want to be entertained with, (laughs) you know, I'm not a model. I know that. So like, you know, and no one knows what you're supposed to look like. You're honing in on something that you see every day. And um, no one, you know, if your hair's off, no one's going to notice but you. And then you put so much like thought into, oh, they're going to see that. I can't post this. This is the worst thing ever. And then it's all you focus on. And then you don't post it that first day. And then because you didn't post it that first day, it gets easier. The, the excuse gets easier. But if you just go for it and, and don't have an excuse, it's like, it's like everything. Like you need to do, you just can't make excuses because as soon as you make that first excuse, it's just easy to make it again. 
if you don't make your, if you don't give yourself that opportunity to make that excuse, you don't know how it feels to not post it. Um, let's, let's go back a little bit. You, you know, I, I was actually, I went, I scrolled through your entire Insta page here. I don't know, uh, probably last week or something like that. I think I found like one of your first posts, one of your first videos. I went and liked it, commented on it just because I, I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, you know, and then I went through your YouTube channel and I, and I, you know, like, like my YouTube channel, uh, which is not near as successful as yours, but, um, you know, my first videos, when I started doing video way back in like 2011, I mean, I was horrible, man. I was horrible. Just like you were, you were horrible. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that make you feel better, Matt? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it was like, you know, you, you got the camera in the car. It's like, how you doing everybody? Hey, it's Matt here. You know, I'm just going out to, you know, sh you know, go and do some listing appointments. And so I guess I, my question is, I know that we've had this conversation, you and I had this conversation before like nine months ago, but you know, I know guys that were doing videos like Dale Chumbly did 365 things to do in Vancouver, Washington. That guy did a video every single day for 365 days. I met him at an Inman conference. And then, you know, after the 365 was over, I kind of cornered him and I'm like, how much business did you get out of that man? Like 365 days worth of content. Like he must've been just crushing it. Right. And he's like, dude, it took me like 18 months to see any sort of return on investment whatsoever. Right. And so maybe the content wasn't right. Maybe the delivery wasn't right. Maybe like whatever the case was, right. Maybe the, the uh, channels weren't correct. What would your advice be to someone that wants to break into video marketing and, and, you know, besides dialing down and down and niching it out, we say niche here, boys, not niche, right? So niching it out. Uh, <laughs> if you were going to coach me on getting started with video, where would we start? Well, I think the first thing is like, you have to manage your expectations. You're not, you're not going to post a video and get, it's not, you know, most likely not going to go viral and you're not going to get 10 listing appointments from it. It's all in the consistency and you, you need to find out, you need to find out what your, your niche is and what you're passionate about, because it's the only way you're going to stay consistent because you need to enjoy the only way you're consistent is if you're enjoying what you're doing. So I think expectations, people have way too high expectations starting video and they think I'm going to post this. It's going to get a hundred thousand views. I'm going to get a ton of appointments from it. The way I look at it is I'm going to post this. I'm going to start conversations and then I'm going to, you know, nurture those leads because now those conversations that have been started, I didn't go to them. They've come to me, told me they liked my video. They're doing this. And that's our job. Our job is to start conversations and make it into a real estate conversation. We don't, you know, I don't, I've never posted a video and the next day someone said, Hey, this is awesome. Can you come list my house? It's, it's always, you know, we've heard it forever. It's, you know, the work you do now, is going to show up in 90 days. 120 days, that type of thing. So I think we just need to be realistic with our expectations and whichever way you want to take your video, fine. But you posting for two weeks and not getting any traction is not enough time. You have to post and be consistent and just know your vision. You know, you have to set out your vision of what you want. And Kelly, like we were saying at the, at the beginning of, you know, when we were chatting, that was something that I knew way back then. And when we were ch chatting, I think I had, you know, two or 3000 followers. Uh, and I knew that I wanted to grow my page because I wanted that social credibility to go along with my business. So when I'm going into an appointment, you know, everyone's saying, I'm going to post your, your shit on Zillow or realtor.ca. I know that, you know, everyone's going to do that. 
So the way I say it is like, you know, everyone's going to post your house on Zillow and realtor.ca, but I'm going to, you know, as soon as I leave this house, if you sign this paperwork, I'm going to take a picture of your house and get it out to 30,000 followers. Not everyone can say that. So I knew to me, that's something that is going to be of value because social credibility moving forward is going to be, is going to play a way bigger part in this business than I think people think. In any business, especially real estate, lead generation is the number one thing we all must be doing, yet most of us don't like doing it. And you said that you are passionate about this. And my perception is, is that this is truly your lead generation machine, right? Yeah. And so when you're doing this lead generation, as we call it, i.e. videos, how much time are you spending per week doing it? Let's say, you know, you cut a video and from beginning to end to where it's posted, how much time do you think you actually are taking per week? And number two, you said the results were slow. At what point or did you have any point at all where you thought about quitting at some point? Um, well, to quitting, no, and not really because I was so sure on what I wanted to do. And now, you know, like my videos are averaging about anywhere from on average 60 to 80,000 views a video. And I always say like, you know, once you can build it up to that, go knock on 80,000 doors and tell me how long it takes. You know, that 80,000 comes in about a week. You know, it's just, you can't do that with traditional methods. You can't call 80,000 people in a week. It's just impossible unless you're a psychopath. And I still don't even think you can <laughs> talk to, talk to 80,000 people or have 80,000 people see what you're doing in those traditional methods, unless you have like a billboard. How much time do you spend per week doing this? It depends. It depends on how uh, intricate the video is. So when I do my listing videos now, I have a, a crew that I, I bring out because I want them to look as, as good as possible. Um, so those will take a little longer because they have to be scripted. All my videos are completely scripted. Uh, a lot of people overlook that. They say, yeah, I'm more natural, just off the cuff. I say, that's fine. So am I. But you need a beginning, a middle, and an end. You need to know exactly what you're saying. So I write it word for word, and then I can veer off once I have the script. But I, you need you need a guideline. There's not a lot of that, mm, uh, uh, you know, thinking because I know exactly what I'm saying. So yeah, I mean, they take, you know, it depends. My my car rant videos take five minutes. My parodies take longer because I have to, I record all the music myself in my home studio, but still not, you know, it's not like I'm Justin Bieber. It's not like a whole production. I record it in like two hours <laughs> and, and then it's good to go. You know, no, and again, if you want to do that parody thing, that's another thing. Like people say, Oh, you're such a good singer. I'm a good singer for a real estate agent. You know, like I'm not, <laughs> no one's expecting me to be Mariah Carey. I was going to say, who is, who is, who is telling you you're a good singer? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who, who the hell are these people, Matt? <laughs> For a real, I know they they miss that. For a realtor, so yeah, I mean, it just you. I just don't think about it a lot. Like the the listing videos take the longest because it's a video crew. I script it. I storyboard it. I know exactly what I'm doing when I get into that house. There's no oh, let's try this. Let's try this. It's no, we're going to start in this room. We're going to end here. You need that or you're going to spend way too much time doing this and your, you know, your return on interest is not going to be there. Um, so, yeah, just make sure everything's mapped out. And once you you know exactly what you're doing, it just kind of gets OK. You can time block an hour to film something, time block another hour to edit something. You know how long it takes you to do these things. 
I remember speaking at a, you know, at a conference uh, back in 2012 and I, I, um, it was on video marketing and I had one guy on one, on one side of me looking to sell an app and I had another guy on the other side of me that had a videographer that was kind of tailing him around the conference and, you know, shooting content and stuff like that. And, you know, we're up on stage in a room full of real estate agents and somebody asked the question, you know, how long does it take you to, to edit your content? And, uh, the guy that was selling the app didn't really have the answer. The guy on my other side uh, that had the content, um, you know, the, the, the videographer with him, he's like, yeah, we're, you know, we're probably 40 hours a week. And I'm like, holy God, you just lost the room. Right. And so what, what I would say to that is, you know, realtors, business people, marketers, entrepreneurs, if you're listening or you're, you know, watching this podcast, understand that, you know, this is a major part of Matt's business. This is how he generates leads. And so, you know, like he said, he wanted to dive deep. He wanted to niche down. He wanted to, 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 he decided on, you know, which direction he wanted to go in, you know, the whole comedy, comedy route, um, which, you know, obviously has been very, very successful. You've, you've struck a chord and a nerve, I think with a lot of people out there, obviously, you know, nine months ago, we were talking, you had 3000 followers today, you're over 30,000, right? We're talking nine months and like 27,000 people, you know, don't think for one second, if he's spending, you know, 10, 20, 30 hours a week editing video and creating the content, he's doing it because he loves to do it. Number one. And number two, he's really starting to see a return on that. So to that end, Matt, I, I am curious, I'm not going to ask you to share numbers, but maybe, maybe percentage wise, from, you know, the time that you started shooting the, like shifting your focus into this style of content to today, what would you say your, your business has done? Like, is it completely, you know, off the charts? Are you up 10%, 30%, 40%? Well, I'll, t- I'll give you an exact, I'll give you some numbers on one video because this, I always, I talk about this and it's, it's really cool. Um, and it's not like huge numbers from what we can do in real estate, but, so I did a Freddie Mercury video kind of early on in all this. It was the first one that really kind of popped off for me that really got me to the next kind of level in the in the kind of content creation space. So I did that, not really thinking anything of it. It cost me 300 bucks. Um, I paid a friend 150 bucks to film it and 150 bucks for the outfits. Have you ever tried to find a studded belt now? It's like $70. <laughs> um, so it was 300 bucks. And that year, this is still when I was not like a huge, you know, wasn't doing like I was doing like three, three, four deals a year, maybe. And uh, that video, like the year prior to that video, I was doing like four deals or five deals. Um, That video that year for me brought in like $47,000 in commission. Okay, so that was about an average price, average uh, price point of $500,000 sale. So I think it was like three, three transactions came from that video alone, just that video. That's pretty cool. And then this year, one of those transactions referred me to their family member who bought a $2.2 million home this year. That's almost, you know, we're, we're almost at a hundred thousand dollars in commission from a $300 video. And that's one video. I'll take that deal. (laughs) You'll take it every day of the week. That's wild every day of the week. So yeah, a lot of my videos are filler videos. They're brand awareness videos. I'm not expecting them to pop off and get me business, but I'm expecting them to keep me top of mind. And then I have the videos like the Freddie Mercury video and the Drake video and the say, the say anything spoof video I just did. Those are the ones that kind of pop it off and get the interest of, Oh, this guy, you know, that video just got 
80,000 views. I want my house to get 80,000 views. That's the stuff that brings in the actual return. The other stuff's fun and builds my brand and creates that awareness. So there's a lot of strategy that goes behind it that I think people don't see. Um, and they see what I, you know, me at 30,000 followers now, but don't see, you know, everything that I've planned to get to this spot. Never miss an episode by following or subscribing to the Success Coaching Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or at your favorite podcast provider. So Matt, I, I want to take you back in time, if you will. So back to that first, maybe second video you did, right? You, you made the decision. You knew that the general direction you wanted to go. You talked about there was a lot of planning and a lot of strategy, and I don't doubt any of that for a second. Uh, and at the same time, there's a lot of people listening that may be like, okay, well, that's not me. I'm not Matt. I don't have a crew. Like, I don't have these resources. I don't, I don't, I don't. And they're, they're providing themselves a list of excuses, right, which you touched on before. So what I'd love to hear is if we rewind in time back to Matt, the moment you were recording video one or two, um, how did you get past that? Because I'm, I'm assuming that you had a lot of those similar thoughts and a lot of those same um, limiting beliefs maybe going through your mind when you were starting this out. Like, how did you overcome those? Like, so people listening know, how do, how do they take their first step in this type of a direction? Yeah, that's that's awesome. I have a lot of people, all, they always come to say, I want to do video, but I'm not funny. And I always say this, it's not about being funny. It's about attracting like-minded people. So if you can do creative video in your personality, and that's, I always bring it back to your personality, your niche, because that's the way you're going to be consistent. You have to love it. And this is an example I use. So say the four of us go into a listing appointment. Okay. The seller loves horseback riding. Kelly loves horseback riding for this example. The, the three of us hate, we don't know anything about it, right? I don't care if we all sell 100 homes a year and Kelly sells five. Kelly's going to make that connection. I bet 90 to 95% of the time gets that appointment over us top producer guys. You know what I mean? So we are finding, you're finding how to relate with your audience. And you want to niche down to a point where, you know, it's so niche and personal to you that they feel like they know you. They're, they're you know, they're friends with you. They can call you. It's way easier to call someone that you feel like you know. And that's what video does. It breaks down that wall. If you're always hiding behind sold signs and testimonials and never show your face, no one's going to call you. You could be a psychopath. We don't know. You, you know, I don't, I'm not going to call someone I've never seen. So I think it's a non-negotiable at this point for video. I think it's the future of real estate. I've heard people say it's been in the business way longer than me that they heard that 10 years ago that it was the future of real estate. And now, you know, we're just kind of catching up now. It's just, and listen, there's a million ways to do this business, which is so great about this business. You can still go door knocking and cold call and work on referrals and sphere. You can do all that, but why not add that? Like I said before, why not add that extra 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 views a video can get you in one day? Why not, why not try and make things easier for yourself? You know, so maybe, yeah, you can still door knock, but maybe you can get your social media to a point where, okay, you can only door, you only have to door knock two days a week instead of five. 
that's that's how I look at it. I just see it as a, a non-negotiable at this point. You know, the barrier to entry has been around for the last decade. You know, like you said, Matt, I mean, I remember, I don't know if you guys remember the app Ustream, but I was I was live streaming open houses on Ustream back in like 2012 or 2013. Like it was crazy, right? And And what did I use? I used this. I used my phone. That's all I used. I used my phone and I and I used data, right? And back then, data was super way more expensive then than it is today. But at the end of the day, I think you know most people should start off with what they have in their pocket. This is the easiest thing to turn on, to hit record on, and then you know from there, before you even hit record, you figure out, like Matt said, figure out what's the messaging, what's the audience that you want to reach. You know, uh, from there, it's like, what's the dialogue? And then from there, what are the channels that that I'm going to push this content out to? You know, I've said this from the stage for a long, long time. And it's it, it's simply this. If you suck in real life, you're going to suck on video. And that's just it. Right. <laughs> don't worry about your hair. Don't worry about, you know, whether you got stuff in your teeth. Maybe that's part of your shtick. Who knows? Right. At the end of the day, if you don't, you know, my, my wife says this all the time. She says, if if nothing changes, if nothing changes. Right. And so if, if nothing changes with, with your, the, the amount of business that you're doing, then you've got to look and analyze what it is that you're doing that's not generating income for you. And so if you want to, you know, put something into place that has the potential to reach, like Matt said, you know, even 500 people, even a thousand people, I, I, you know, I can hear people you know, thinking this as they're probably listening to this podcast and they're like, yeah, but I'm not mad. I'm not going to get 80,000 views. Mm-hmm. What if, what if you got 500? What if you got a thousand? What if you got 200? Like, what does it matter how many views you get? If you resonate with that one person, all it takes is one. There's the key. Yeah. And I think it's super important to mention and note, I knew I wanted that, like I was saying, that social credibility because I'm, I wanted options. Okay. I love real estate, but you know, I know if I can build my brand, you know, I'm, I'm starting to speak at events. Now I'm starting to, I have the podcast, we have merch. I wanted to create those, those options of different streams of income. Everyone might not want to do that. That's fine. But what you're looking for is an engaged following. You don't need to have 30,000 followers. That's what I wanted for that social credibility, which I was talking about but you can have 1,200 super engaged followers and that's way better than 20,000 non-engaged followers. Mm-hmm. So you want to create that content that is engaging to your community. If you're farming a certain area, you want to create that content that's going to resonate with them. Um, and it doesn't matter what your follower count is or like Kelly said, if it's 500 views or 10,000 or 20, it takes one to uh, to get that appointment and make that commission check. So where is Matt five years from today? Well, five years from today, I was telling Ryan, I told Ryan Serhant this because I'm speaking with Ryan next month. And I said, I think there's something wrong because they got you as the headliner. It's weird. You know, I thought I thought it was going to be reversed. I thought I was, <laughs> so five years. I, I, you know, I really think I'll always be in real estate for sure, because I love real estate. But I see more options the way our podcast is going now with some sponsors. I think by the end of next year, I won't have to sell real estate anymore because the podcast and the merch will be doing what I need it to do with the broke agent. Um, And we also have some other stuff in the works. So I just, again, I see this um, times a hundred what I'm doing right now, but to the highest level in five years. 
All right. So Matt, you talked about um, producing that content, staying top of mind, having an engaged audience, again, spot on, like no question there at all. My question for you relating that, how do you keep a pulse on what is relevant for your audience? Because uh, you've got an audience with a podcast, you've got an audience with Broke Agent, you've got a podcast with your own uh, Instagram channel. So how do, how do you, technically speaking, like how do you keep on top of what that audience is looking for and what's going to keep them or, or increase their engagement level? Yeah, that's a great question. It's constantly changing too, but I know the core of my, you know, my, the core of my audience loves the funny cause it's true the relatable humor, um, that kind of thing. So, and I try and kind of break it down because I want that stuff that's like on the agent side and all the agents go, yeah, yeah, the clients suck or that agent sucks. And then I want some content to be like on the client side, like, yeah, every agent does that. Why do they do that? You know? And then I want some for everybody. So I try and be strategic in how I post things. So like, you know, I can be on the side of the clients, be on the side of the agents. And, and I, it's just like going through my day. I'm very, I'm a very observant person. So this is where a lot of the content, little things bug me. Like I just did a rant in my car. I just got the phone with a, an agent who asked me about feed, who asked me for feedback on his listing. And he kept asking me questions. You know, I already told him I wasn't interested and he kept asking me questions. So little things just like bug me. And I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it really bugs me. So that's where a lot of the content comes from. And um, I also try out a lot of stuff in stories uh, because stories are gone in 24 mm -hmm. hours. So a lot of like, I do a lot of these rant videos now from my car. Those started as Instagram stories because I didn't know how they were going to hit with my audience. Um, so I, I try them in stories. You know, if they suck, they're gone in 24 hours, whatever. They're not on your feed. So I try all my newer stuff uh, in there first. And then if they get like a lot of engagement, then I'm like, okay, this is going to move down to the feed. And then it's like constantly changing. And as Instagram's changing, like with reels and stuff like that, you've got to capitalize on, on uh, the newest Instagram trend because, you know, that's what Instagram's pushing out. And you need to do yourself all the favors to uh, get your content pushed out to the most people. So there's definitely strategy involved, right? So you're, you're talking, I think that was brilliant. I hope everyone just wrote that one down. So you, you're talking about how you kind of almost beta test stuff and the, the flow in which you take that beta test through to see if it's going to be ongoing content. My question for you, because I, I know I get asked this a lot um, for, from people coming to me, like regards content that I post in different places. How, do, how far in advance are you planning this? Like, are you one of those that actually has like a content plan and you're mapping some of this stuff out and you have like a, I'm not asking you to give away your schedules and stuff. Like, do you have it all mapped out and know when you're posting what and, and you've got a month or two months worth of stuff ahead of time? Or are you one that's really kind of just spur of the moment in the moment? Uh, what's, what's that look like? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, I don't bulk record. A lot of people do bulk record and they do really well with that. I am going to have a new segment coming out that I'm going to bulk record about five or six at a time. So I have that. If I'm slow one week, I have that to push out. Um, but right now, it's I do have ideas mapped out and what I'm going to do, but it's weekly um, because, like you said, I do want I do want to have that relevance of what's actually going on in the world if something happens, right? Because you want to you want to hit on that. So I try and make it almost like a little talk show. Um, I want to hit on that like newest thing. So I have the ideas mapped out. And then if something crazy happens, I can put in a reference 
that hits that week um, from that. So I, I leave something open in my script if something comes up. Uh, so I do these gets weekly, once a week, and they're planned out. And I have ideas for, you know, however long, but I don't bulk record them. Are you putting out a course anytime soon? Well, no, but I am involved in something. We can't talk about it yet, uh, but it's got some big backing. Uh, it's got some huge names backing it, um, but it's not like a course. People sell three houses a year and they have, you know, they have this a social media course on how to get five new deals a month. I'm like, five new deals a <laughs> so, month? You sold five houses in the last 10 years. What, what are you talking about? So like, you know, I and I, I call out those people all the time because, you know, it comes to a point where like, when are we going to stop pretending and like, yeah, everyone's like, oh, well, it's their livelihood. Well, their livelihood is stealing from other people. They're they're stealing people's hard earned money with they bought some followers and they do three deals a year. Probably no deals anymore. I'm talking about a specific person now. And he's just you know, he's doing this. <laughs> you know, he's making all his money off these real estate agents, unfortunately, are the easiest people to make money from like. You tell them you're a social yeah. media guru and they all jump. You know, mm. what I'll say to that is if you want to do a social media course or any type of real estate course, research it. Make sure there's some credibility there. If someone has 20,000 followers and are getting five comments and 20 likes, those probably aren't organic followers. Therefore, they probably don't know how to grow their Instagram. So um, just do a little bit. Or even look at them for a month. Someone with 20,000 followers shouldn't still be at 20,000 followers in a month. You know, that just means they don't know how to grow their Instagram. So there's little tells that can, you know, I had a, a lady call me like a month ago. She said, hey, you know, she saw I did the, the uh, Ryan Serhant courses, which are great courses. He's a credible source. You can go there and feel comfortable that, you know, you're spending money in the right way. This lady called me. She said, hey, I want to know what you thought of the Ryan Surian course. Because I just I just did this uh, social media course. It cost me $10,000. And they told me I was going to get all this stuff and and do this, uh, have a personal coach. And I haven't heard from them in like a month. Because $10,000, I don't care how much you make. It's always a lot of money um, to just throw away for no reason. So, um, yeah, those are little things to, to look for when you're... Uh, because they are good things to invest in. There are a ton of good courses to invest in for this business, but be careful because everyone's a social media guru and uh, there's just little tells. There's my rant for the day. Thank you. <laughs> Glad we could help with that. <laughs> Had to get that one out. Amazing. <laughs> it's time for the lightning round. What that means is we do something we call lightning round. Now, you've not been given these questions ahead of time. This is just where our listeners get to know the real you, which I'm guessing if they've listened this far, <laughs> they're probably going to buy the fact that you've been authentic the whole time. So we're just going to get to know you better. Let's say that. Uh, so are you ready? Yes. All right. I'm just going to fire these at you. First thing that comes to mind, we'll go to the next one. Here's the first one. What do you do when you want to get out of your own head? Uh, I watch Netflix. Okay. What's the oddest job you ever took in order to earn a buck? Uh, I was a bakery boy at a place called Sobeys here in Canada. Okay. What's the first impression you want to give people? 
uh, that I'm a nice person, which probably doesn't happen a lot because I swear, but I'm very nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we, we think you're nice, Matt. Here's the next one. Uh, what are you superstitious about? Uh, I journal every night, so I don't know what exactly, but I journal everything that has happened has, is in my journal right now. So I don't know. Okay. Interesting. All right. And here's the last one that I have. Who's someone you'd want to trade places with for a day? Kendall Jenner. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the best answer we've had. <laughs> Nobody ever oh, wants it. to answer that question. That was like spot on. Like, it's almost like you've been kind of thinking about like I've wanting been, to switch places with her for like years, Matt. I've been waiting for that question my whole life. Well, there it is. <laughs> oh. All right, man. So as we head out of the podcast, got to really thank you for for spending some time with us. Really appreciate it. Uh, can you let us know, let our listeners know where they can find you, where they can hook up with you and, you know, what's going on for you in the future? I think you mentioned that you're speaking on stage, uh, headlining in front of Ryan Serhant or something. Yeah. So you can go, uh, you know, just go to my Instagram page, Matt.Leonetti, L-I-O-N-E-T-T-I. Spelt Leonetti, but it is in fact Leonetti. Some people think I'm three people, Matt, Lee, and Eddie. Um, so that's how you can remember the pronunciation. Um, yeah, speaking with Sirhan in Boston, um, it's going to be good. Boston is my sports city. I'm a huge Boston Bruins fan, so I'm very excited about it. And uh, yeah, just DM me. I get back to all DMs unless you're creepy and weird um, or trying to sell me something immediately. Sorry, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, just just Matt Alinetti, check out the Overass podcast. Uh, I, I co-host with the Broke Agent, and yeah, if you want to go to Boston and meet, then come to Boston and meet. Warning: The following audio is performed by highly trained professionals under expert supervision. Please don't try this at home or anywhere else. And we lost Matt. No, we didn't. Yeah, video has been disabled due to internal. Internet quality issues. I see Matt I see just Matt. fine. Oh, I don't have him. Might be the Michigan internet. Jenny is vacuuming right now as <laughs> we speak. Hey. Can't hear it. Hey. <laughs> I'm on the podcast. <laughs> you by the way, where's in. lunch? Yeah, by the way, Jim Ben said, by the way, where's lunch? <laughs> Ma! Ma! You got some meatloaf? Should have started the whole thing like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We just had that. We just had the housekeeper here, and she's vacuuming after the housekeeper leaves. Oh, no comment. <laughs> can we go can't already? Say, right, listen, I sit back with a new. You can't say it without playing it. Something. Kelly does an epic meltdown on this one. Ooh. <laughs> you, you said I was getting mad. If you want to see mad, this is mad. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. All right. So. Okay. Can we get to a get rolling here, boys? You missed me last time. I know you all did. You missed me. Okay. Okay. okay so, so, what do you want? To, what are we going to talk about? Talk about whatever. 
ice the whole time. I like this. Okay. Uh, Talk about vanilla ice the whole time. <laughs> so, Matt, give me if you if you would catch me up. I'm the slow one of the group. That's scary. All right, welcome to the Success Coaching Podcast. I am your co-host, Kelly Scar, and with me as always, Mr. Todd Foster and Mr. Benefer Field, Fear, 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 Field. <laughs> I do it so well without you guys. You show up and I forget how to talk. <laughs> Benefer Fear, Field? <laughs> I don't know where that came from. All right, Benefer. I kept Benefer Fear, Field. In fact, I, I I think I don't know if you what. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, it's an Amazon. Hates Amazon. Chloe, <laughs> <laughs> stop. This is starting about like normal, so we're in good good shape. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, Oh, stop. Go. <sighs>